You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Wednesday to you. It's Wednesday, January the 9th, and um, we've got a big day today, a huge day. The Sixers played the second game of a home-and-away back-to-back against the Washington Wizards. Last night, they defeated the Wizards 132-115 to at the Wells Fargo Center. Tonight, they will play the Wizards in D.C., um, again, as the second game of a back-to-back. So, what I want to talk to you guys about today is about last night's game. You know, Landry Shamet um, scored a career-high 29 points. He made a career-high. He had career highs in three-pointers made with eight and three-pointers attempted. His eight three-pointers came one shy of the franchise record set by Dana Barrows. Um, I believe it was uh, 1995. I'll double-check when I get into it. I believe I'm just going, I'm trying to go off of memory to make you guys think I'm smart or something like that, but I believe it was January the 27th, 1995. I'll find out in a second when I look it up. Um, So he just missed that. It was a game where... Uh, most of the starters basically didn't play a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, the team was out J.J. Redick. In the second segment, I want to talk about Ben Simmons, and I want to talk about not just him, but the all-star game. Give you some of the guys who I think uh, – give you my starting five and uh, talk about Ben Simmons' chances. And the reason why I'm going to bring, it up, bring that up because uh, Brett Brown said yesterday – that Ben Simmons deserves to be an all-star. So we'll we'll dissect that a little bit. And then in the third segment, we'll talk about Markel Folks. You know, Markel Folks is supposed to see um, be reevaluated this week by a, a doctor. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll talk about that a little bit. And 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 we'll talk about how the it seems to me. The more Markel or the longer Markel folks stays away from the team, wow, the less he's being forgotten. I mean, no one really talks about Markel. I mean, they just don't. The media doesn't. Um, it's like that you see the team gelling without him, and the only time that you're really reminded of him is when you see De'Aaron Fox and other guys doing commercials or or being interviewed and you're saying to yourself, whoa, whoa, I remember when the Sixers had a draft pick who was supposed to be better than them. So those are the three things that I, I'm going to talk about this morning with you guys. And let's get it started now with Mr. Shamit and the Sixers' uh, very good win, great win. All right, last night, you know, the Washington Wizards came into town. And, you know, if I talked about yesterday, 
that the Sixers are were expected to beat the Wizards, and they also are expected to beat them tonight, which is true. And, uh, you know, the game basically went the way we, we thought it would. Now, you know, J.J. Redick didn't play, like I said, but and Furkan Korkmaz basically started in, in, in Redick's place. But you had to know that Landry Shamet was going to get opportunities to shine. You know, J.J. Redick and Landry, like J.J. Redick, we all know that he's the team's uh, top three-point shooter. He does a lot of things on dribble handoffs. Um, you know, he stretches the defense. And to a lesser extent, Landry Shamet has the same role. Now, the thing about Landry Sham, if you think about this, J.J. Redick is in the final year of his contract. Well, he signed it. This is a, he signed his second of two one-year deals this year. Um, and you look at Landry Shamit, and, you know, if J.J. Reddick goes somewhere next year, um, Landry Shamit can step in and fulfill that role. I mean, he's that good. You know, the only reason why he didn't start yesterday was because they need his scoring off the bench. Well, they got it. He had a career high, as I said, a, a career high 29 points on 8 for 15 shooting. Um, right? It's 8 for 15. So the guy <coughs> took one two-point shot, and he missed it because he's finished with a career high <laughs> Eight threes, and as I said before, a career high 15, excuse me, career high 14 attempts, right? And let's see, he finished one three pointer shy of tying a team record of nine three pointers set by Dana Barrows on January 27th, 1995. So I was right. Hey, look at me. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, 15 of Shaman's points came in the third quarter when he shot four for four on threes, right? So this guy was on fire in the, in the third. And, um, you know, he played a heck of a game. This was his best one. And even after the game, he, you know, he was asked about um, what did it feel like playing a game where if he just, it was one of those things where he just couldn't miss and it felt like he couldn't miss. And he said, it's just everything is coming to you, not forcing anything and trying to get looks off it. You know, it just happens. That might not be the answer you're looking for, but it's just simple. And it comes in the flow of the game he was talking about. Now, Jimmy Butler returned to action after missing his his last two games with an upper respiratory infection. The same thing with Wilson Chandler. He he returned the action as well. And, you know, for the people who were saying that, hey, they think the Sixers should trade Jimmy Butler because of the altercation or the conversation or discussion he had with Brett Brown in a team meeting, this was one of these games where you realize, like, hey, they need Jimmy Butler and he's going to be a great guy for him. I mean, he had, you know, he had, we had 20 points, right? 
the four-time All-Star made his first six shots and route the shooting eight for nine um, from the field. His first miss or his only miss came on a 21-foot pull-up jumper with six minutes, 57 seconds before intermission. Before that, he scored on a driving layup, a 27-foot three-pointer, and two fast-break dunks while posting 11 first-quarter points, right? Then Butler made a pair of foul shots early in the second quarter and made an alley-oop dunk with 9.44 left in the half, right? You know, Joel Embiid came back and had another solid game. I mean, and this one was easy for him. He had 20 points and 10 rebounds for his league-best 35th double-double of the season. And Ben Simmons had 17 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds. I mean, this is how dominant the Sixers were, right? They had... A floor record, a Wells Fargo record, 39 assists on 49 made baskets. 39 assists on 49 made baskets, right? All 12 Sixers who played recorded at least one assist in the game. And just straight dominating the game. The home team had a commanding 31-point lead in the third quarter. Now, at one point, the lead, you know, they lost their lead. But it was, to me, it was more of, all right, we're going to put our bench in. We're going to rest guys, and we're just going to let them see how they do. You know, we're just going to see how it goes. It wasn't like, you know, typical where the Sixers have a lead, and then they get careless, and then the other team comes back. It wasn't one of those things. But, um, you know, it was uh, it was a good win for them. And, again, I expect them to win tonight. Now, they're going to go into Washington, a place where they haven't won, and they lost their last eight games there, you know. And as I pointed out before, it's one of those things where they're going to go into a place where, um, I mean, you know, they lost eight straight, but – Come on now. They used they were tanking for like three for Brett this is Brett Brown's sixth year. For the first three and a half seasons, his team was tanking. So he had a team that wasn't built to go in there to win. Also, let's keep it real, they also had a better roster. Um, but this year, you know, Bradley Brill is Bill is the only starter who who basically um is playing right now. The guy who started the beginning of the season, um, Otto Porter, is back, but he's coming off the bench. But the other guys are hurt. So, yeah, I expect the Sixers to win this one, just like I expect them to win Friday's game against the Atlanta Hawks, um, Sunday's game at the Knicks, and Tuesday's game at the Minnesota Timberwolves. After that, it's going to get crazy for the Sixers leading into the All-Star game, um, All-Star break. But, look, we'll talk more about that tomorrow because, you know, the Sixers' schedule 
after they play the Minnesota Timberwolves next Tuesday gets crazy, and we'll talk about that. But after this break, I want to talk to you guys about All-Star Game, about Ben Simmons' chances, and about, um, you know, who I think will make this be the starters in the All-Star Game. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. So, yesterday, you know, Brett Brown was asked about Ben Simmons, um, about, you know, why does he feel like Ben Simmons is not going through a, a, a sophomore slump, right? And, um, wow, I don't, uh, and the, the coach came back and basically said that, um, you know, he gave his reasonings, you know, and then he came back and he basically said that he's worthy of being an all-star. And, you know, I, I think that he'll get consideration of being an all-star. You know, is Ben Simmons is, uh, you know, right now, you know, he is averaging 16.4 points. He's averaging you know, 9.1 rebounds, right? He's also averaging eight assists. He's averaging 1.3 steals. He he has averages 3.4 turnovers, and he's averaging uh, 0.8 blocks per game, right? Not quite a block, but, you know, he's averaging 0.8 blocks per game, right? Um, And Brett Brown, you know, loves his point guard. He thinks that he needs to get consideration to be a starter. Um, And, you know, he says right now Ben is on a mission to win games and be an all-star. And this is Brett Brown's quote. I'm going to do everything I can to help him, right? What that means is utilizing him in a way that first benefits our team. And benefiting their team due to Ben Simmons' skill set is when he's not distributing a rock, he's posting this guy up. And at 6'10", 240 pounds, he's hard for most perimeter players to defend on a low post. He's too athletic for a lot of the post players to defend down there. So he's just quick, right? So, you know what? You know, Ben Simmons is a solid guy. Um, now, in regards to him making the All-Star game, a lot of that's going to have to deal with the other coaches in the league. And I think that's part of the reason why Brett Brown came out publicly and said that he deserves to make it because he's going to politic for this guy to make it because Ben Simmons will not be voted as a starter this year. He just won't. And, you know, right now, you know, I get a vote for All-Stars, and I would love to vote for Ben Simmons, but at the same time, it's it's hard for me if you really want to be uh, optimistic, and if you want to be true to yourself, 
Now, you hope that Ben Simmons could get it, but if you're really going to be true and if you follow what's going on in the league, there's only you can only vote for two guards. All right, Ben Simmons is a point guard. He's also listed as a power forward. But in regards to getting votes for the All-Star game, you know, Ben Simmons is a guard. That's what the category he's in. So you have to go with Kyrie Irving from the Boston Celtics. You just have to. You know, he's having a phenomenal year. He's one of the best point guards in the league, the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And then there's a guy, Kimball Walker, who's having a heck of a season, a hell of a season. And, um, you know, sometimes you think about, do I take him off and put Ben on? And then, you know, and if, but of all the guards, I always have to say, if I'm a vote and when I do vote, it's going to be Kyrie, and Kimba. Now, that's two point guards. Now, if there's someone else that I would vote for, like, it might be Victor Oladipo or some other people. But at this particular time, it's Kimba. And then, you know, you got a guy, um, Kyle Lowry, a dude from North Philly, a dude who went to Villanova, a dude of Toronto Raptors, who's having a phenomenal year, too. And... He was on the top of my ballot early on, but he's been injured, and he, you know, it's hard when a guy missed so many games to be a starter, in my opinion, right? So right now, my two guards are Kimba Walker and Kyrie Irving. Now let's get to the front court. Now, here's something else, though. If Jimmy Butler was a guard, if Jimmy Butler was a guard, but Jimmy Butler's listed as a forward now, but he used to be listed as a guard, but now he's listed as a forward. If Jimmy Butler was a guard, I would vote him ahead of Kemba because I feel as if that, you know, he's proven that, you know, I don't know. He's just, you know, to me, he's a good player. And I think that he could make it as a guard. But the fact that he's not a guard, I got to go with Kemba. Now, let's talk about the front court. Joel Embiid all day. Joel Embiid's the best center in the league. The best center in the league. I mean, the second best center in the league isn't even playing, and he's in the Western Conference. In my opinion, that's DeMarcus Cousin. But right now, Joel Embiid is the best center in the league. He's like, boom, just, just put his name in there. And then I guess it's the same for the other two guys. You know, Kawhi Leonard, uh, who's playing in Toronto, who's having an MVP-type year, you have to go with him. And then the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have to go with him. So... The front court is easy. Now, unfortunately for a guy like Jimmy Butler, who I believe will make the all-star team, um, you know, unfortunately he's not listed as a guard. If he was listed as a guard, like I said, I would vote for him first team. 
But I just can't do that right now. Now, you know, he'll get some, you know, some second team votes from me. Um, but I, I just can't do that right now because I can't say to myself that, honestly say that he's better than Kawhi, who is, in my opinion, is MVP. Giannis, in my opinion, an MVP candidate. You know, Giannis may even win it. And um, and then be the best center in the league. Now, so it's going to come down to a lot of people. Um, you know, coaches, you know, saying what they think of Ben. I mean, Jimmy, I don't think he'll have a problem making it. But I think it's going to come down to coaches deciding, like, is Ben Simmons an all-star? Now, the thing is, right now, you look at the Sixers. They're uh, 26 and 14. Actually, 27 and 14 now. 27 and 14. Um, and you, you say to yourself, they have the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference. The fourth. So, right now, let's, if you go through the top teams, you'll have in the East, You'll have the Toronto Raptors and with Kyle Lowry and Kawhi, two All-Stars. And then you'll go through um, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Greek Freak, one All-Star. And then you'll go through the Indiana Pacers, um, Victor Oladipo, one All-Star. And then you have the Sixers at fourth. So you got the fourth place team. Are people going to give all three of them all-star votes? Are coaches going to give all three of them all-star votes? So that's the big question. That's it. Are coaches going to give all three of those guys all-star votes? And it could happen, but when you factor in that Toronto has one in their first, and the other two teams only have one. You know, that might be a little tough for the Sixers to have three, especially when they're the fourth seed. So, I mean, it would be nice for them to do that. And especially Landry Shamit, you know, he, he expects to play in what was known for years as the rookie sophomore game, but is now is like USA against the world. I mean, Landry Shamit deserves to play. He deserves to be in that game, and I think he will. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's just going to be – I'm not going to say it's going to be tough for them to get three All-Stars. I just think that it just depends on what the coaches want to do. All right, y'all, when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Markel, folks. All right, now, look, here's my thing with Markel. Folks, like I, I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's weird because no one talks about this guy. No one talks about him. I mean, like, you go to the Sixers practice facility and you see other reporters and people will say, yeah, man, I wonder when Zaire's coming back. Uh, I wonder if Brett Brown... 
is going to utilize Justin Patton. What about Markel? No, never know what about Markel. It's always about the other two. Or when you look at the team molding and, and gelling, sometimes you say to yourself, like, did Markel's agent make the right decision? I mean, what if nothing's wrong with his the nerves in his shoulder? What if they're just resting him? What if they just don't? Want him to play. Did he make the right decision? I mean, because the longer that he's out, the less important to me he becomes to his team. You know, and, and, and you know, sometimes I know some of y'all, you know, will email me or text me and ask about Markel. But it, it got to a point where at one particular time it became a circus. It became a distraction. You know, Markel needs in his camp needs to decide what they really want to do. I mean, you know, he had the guy Keith Williams in his corner before. He's still, you know, he's still a, a, a you know a confidant, a, a good friend. But he is obvious he's not running the show. You know, it's like um, they need to know what they want to do. I mean, right now, what you do is you see Markel. You saw Markel on the Christmas game. You saw him in L.A. And he looked like he was at peace. But sideline Markel isn't helping the Sixers right now. He needs to play. Like I said, you see De'Aaron Fox, who's having a phenomenal year. I mean, before, we used to always compare him to Jason Tatum. But now you compare him to De'Aaron Fox and all the other guard, all the other people who are in the second year in the NBA, like that class from 2017. And again, you look at the Sixers. There was one particular time early on that they were struggling, and you would say, "You know what? They really miss Markell." Now you say what? <laughs> Markel is really missing out on the opportunity. And, um, you know, a lot of people are listening. They, I mean, are wondering, like, you know, what's going to happen when he goes to the doctors? What's going to be said? Look, y'all, Markel, folks, hasn't even, like, really picked up a basketball. Like, you know, three to six weeks. You know, so what's going to happen is he hasn't played in a while, right? He hasn't practiced in a while. So once he gets cleared from the doctor, then he has to get in basketball shape. After he gets in basketball shape, um, you know, he make sure that his shot and everything is right. You know, so I don't, like, for people thinking, like, oh, Markel got cleared, and then he's going to be back on the court in a week. No, nah, it's not. It's not going to be that way. Now he might be in a practice facility, practicing and getting back in shape. And then my thing is, if you think about it, you know, you guys are getting in a rhythm now. Then all of a sudden, you got to incorporate him all over again. So you're going to take minutes from T.J. McConnell and other people. I don't know. It's just making it harder for him, in my opinion. And again. 
As long as the Sixers win, people are going to think about it. Now, again, we're going to talk about their schedule next week heading up to the All-Star break. Now, if they start losing, people might say, what about Markel? What about Markel? But right now, yeah, the team will want them back. But I'm telling y'all, no one outside of that is really talking about Markel, folks. I want to thank you for listening and have a great day.